So uh, with that, I'm going to hand it over to, let's go ahead and welcome Derek Bocamp, our guest speaker today. Also, I'll say, he's awesome. I love him, so listen up. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Merry day after Christmas. Is that, is that, we're not, it's not yet Happy New Year's. Merry day after uh, Christmas. And I'm looking at the truly faithful, because I'm guessing a lot of you were here just two days ago, less than 48 hours. And you're back. Wow. Next year is going to be awesome for you. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, hey, a privilege, as always, to get to uh, be here with you guys today. Um, my, my wife and I, since we uh, last saw you guys, uh, we relocated to where I'm from, which is Las Vegas. We, we, came, we went back there and uh, been pastoring at a church out there, and it's been an awesome time uh, of ministry. And uh, Las Vegas is Sin City, what we know it as, but uh, we've been trying to, trying to preach Grace City out there, and uh, God's been doing good stuff. But honor and privilege to uh, get to be with you all today. And we're wrapping up uh, the series that you guys have been in in the book of Colossians called Filled, Complete, Whole. And we're wrapping this up today. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, and we're going to ask a question today that's going to kind of frame up our time. And here's the question we're asking today. It's this, what are you praying for? What are you praying for? And I kind of like this as the uh, Christmas season comes to an end and some of us still have like wrapping paper on the floor and we look forward to the new year. I kind of like that we're, we're going to spend some time talking about prayer today because perhaps God could use it as a way to frame up what the new year could look like for us. And here's my only disclaimer before we dive in. Prayer is a massive topic. I mean, there are libraries filled with how to talk to the guy upstairs, right? And we're not going to be able to cover every piece of minutia or in and out, but we're going to just be looking at this question and asking, what are you praying for? What am I praying for? And what does God's word ask that we pray for? So can I, can I, is this a safe space? Can I confess something to you guys? Okay. I had a feeling it was a safe space. Um, so my favorite car that exists right now is a Tesla and we, we got a picture of this and some of you were like, that thing is a robot death machine. That's okay. You just haven't been in one yet. If you have not seen a Tesla driving around, it's an all electric car. This thing goes zero to 60 in three seconds. I love the Tesla. And here's the deal. I don't have one. I drive a Ford Escape. Um, not cool. Uh, but my brother-in-law owns a 2021 Tesla Model 3. And so if there was ever an incentive to spend a lot of time with my in-laws, like that's it right there. And so just recently, my brother-in-law went out of town and my wife and I were in Phoenix spending time with our in-laws and he left the Tesla at the house. And I kind of felt like, wow, dad's away. You know, I'm taking the car for a spin. And uh, my, my father-in-law and I had to go and run some errands. And so we got in the car and he's like, hey, man, do you want to drive? And there's no car keys for the Tesla. So he just like throws me imaginary keys. And I'm like, thanks, pops. And uh, I get in the Tesla and I get in there and I said, hey, you know, Curtis, can I be honest with you about something? 
I like pray for this thing. Like I pray that God would just drop a Tesla. This, I'm just being an honest pastor with you guys. Like that, that there would just be a Tesla in my life. And then I said something I shouldn't have said based on what was about to happen. I said, I covet this thing. Don't ever say that, okay? You can, you can think it. No, don't think it either, okay? I just said, I covet this thing. Now, my brother-in-law's Tesla is all black, black rims, chrome. This thing is super nice. And so I'm driving it, and I'm talking about how much I love it. And we're, funny enough, driving to AutoZone. And I go to make a right into the parking lot. Remember, I drive a Ford Escape. Uh, I go to make a right in the parking lot, but I'm not thinking about how low the vehicle sits to the ground and about how wide it turns. And I just hear this noise as I make the turn up against the curb that goes like this. And you would have thought my father-in-law and I were like busted for something. He looks at me and goes, that was not good. Bro, pull over. We got to check this out. I'm like, my heart's pounding instantly. We get out. I'm like, God, please, please, for the love of everything that is good, tell me there is not a scratch on this vehicle. I get out, and there is like an eight-inch curb rash on the black rim. It's like, I get it. I'm not part of the family anymore. I, I will get an Uber back to Las Vegas. I was terrified. My father-in-law doesn't miss a beat. He looks at me and goes, I guess that's what you get for coveting things, huh, son? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, funny enough, God is so good. We were at AutoZone, which is just crazy. And so we go inside, and it's like we're trying to hide a scratch on Dad's car. We're like, hey, do you have any space gray metallic paint for a 2021 Tesla? They're like, we got stuff for Toyota. I'm like, Tesla. So we're like rushing to put it all back together. My brother-in-law was super gracious about the entire thing. And it was such a moment as I was going to prepare for our time today where I'm like, ah, this is what happens when I say that I'm praying that God gives me something. (laughs) And I, I, you know, obviously God was not in that moment punishing me for liking the Tesla. It was just a crazy moment, but prayer is an interesting topic, right? Like, like you pray for things and you're wondering what God is doing and what he's up to. And we wonder like, hey, how does God actually want us to approach him in prayer? Because there are some, some easy mistakes that we can make that I've made in prayer. Maybe you've made these too. Some of us, we like to pray Santa prayers, right? Santa prayers like, hey, God, I've been good. So will you give me blank? Or God, I've been bad, I'm so sorry, will you give me blank? (laughs) Right, we pray Santa prayers, that's an easy place to go. Some of us, we're the the kings and queens of uh uh-oh prayers. Uh Uh-oh prayers. I call these, these are last minute prayers. Maybe um, you're a student and you didn't study for a test. So you say, "Uh uh-oh, God I know I didn't study, but God I love you so much. Please give me an A. And then you get it back and you go, uh-oh, darn it, you know, or um, whatever. Like, you didn't prepare for a conversation with your significant other, and so you're like, God, please, I hope this goes well. Why did you not do the dishes? Yeah, uh-oh. Another prayer that's easy for us to make, I call these 50-50 prayers. These are the prayers that you might do when you're not really focused on praying, but you're just trying to do your due diligence, right? Like maybe you're praying as you fall asleep. I do this one all the time, and you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to pray when I get in bed. Come on, right? I get in bed, and I'm like, God, uh, I love you. 
God, I love you. You know, and you're just kind of like repeating as you're falling asleep. These are some of the prayers that we can fall into. And let me say this. God's not mad at you as you try to figure prayer out. And God's not mad at us if we don't always pray for the perfectly correct things. He is good. There is grace for us. But when we understand prayer more deeply, there's a blessing and there's freedom and there's knowing God that comes from doing that. So here are a couple of truths that we know uh, to be true about prayer. We know that God hears our prayers. God hears our prayers. Here's what it says in Psalm chapter 34, verse 17. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. So when you go in prayer, what we believe as Jesus followers is that the God of the universe hears those prayers. You're not just speaking to the sky. You're not just speaking to your pillow. You're not just speaking to your journal or the people around you. We believe that God hears our prayers. Here's something else that we know to be true. This is not a tremendously popular thing to say in our current cultural moment, but we believe that Christian prayer is unique from all other worldviews, meaning that we believe that inside of the Christian faith, we have the unique position of being made right with God through Jesus. And because Jesus makes us right with God, we have direct access to him. It's not the Old Testament where to come before God, we have to sacrifice animals. At any point, Jesus followers have direct communication. We also believe that God is personal. So we're not just talking to the universe, hoping that the universe reciprocates blessings back on us. We believe that we are talking to a God who knows us, knows our stories, and knows our weaknesses, knows our hopes, knows our dreams, and knows what's best for us. We believe that he hears, we believe that Christian prayer is unique, and we also believe that God wants us to be in prayer. He wants his people to be in prayer. Here's what Paul asked believers to do in 1 Timothy chapter 2. He says, I desire that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. When we talk about prayer, it pleases the heart of God when his children, you and I, come to him in prayer. But if we're being honest, right, it's easy preaching, it's harder living. Because <laughs> as the days fly by, it's easy to be unintentional about prayer. I've found myself in seasons where the only time I'm really talking to God is at, you know, before dinner or when I'm supposed to pray because I'm a pastor. <laughs> and I feel that over time and I want more. I want more of God in my life. And I'm going to guess as you reflect on this last year and you look forward to next year, you likely want more of God too. It's easy to get selfish in our prayers, right? We're just before we know it, we're the world's smallest orchestra. Me, 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 me. You know, like <laughs> some of you are just getting it. Oh, you know, <laughs> where it's just all about us in our prayers. But there's got to be something more rich. And what I'm going to guess, and I want this in my own life too, but what I would, would guess about you today is that most of us in this room would say, I want to know God more deeply. I want to see God more active in my life. So for the next couple minutes, that question, what are you praying for? Um, 
Let's unpack some of what God's word says in Colossians, and, and maybe that would lead us into a deeper, richer prayer life. Final chapter of Colossians, Colossians 4, verse 2, it goes like this. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Look at that word, devote. The word devote in the original language would have uh, connotated being deeply rooted or deeply connected to something. So, so, hey, be deeply connected to prayer, being watchful and thankful. The first thing Paul asks us to do is he wants some consistency in our prayer life. Now, I'm going to guess that many of us in this room, we're consistent with certain things, I know for me, I'm very consistent with the things that I like, right? So I'm a huge basketball fan. I love the Los Angeles Lakers. It is very easy for me to be up to date on what's going on with the Lakers. But when it's something that I don't like doing, like chores that maybe my wife wants me to do around the house, I've got a lot of reasons I can't stay up to date on that. <laughs> I just am so busy with, the wor- with work and with the Lakers. I mean, with work and like... <laughs> As humans, we're good at being consistent at the things that we truly enjoy. But the first ask from Paul here regarding our prayer lives and what are you praying for is he wants us to be consistent. Now, check this out. We're not consistent because we want to somehow lobby God into doing what we want him to do. As we go to God, it's not about what we can get from him. But God, being good, wants us to come to him in prayer, knowing that more often than not, as we pray, it's not us working on God, but God working on us. You tracking with me here? It's that as we pray, the Holy Spirit is doing work in our lives, shaping our desires, changing what we think is our best, revealing areas of sin and brokenness in our lives. And so Paul recognizes right away that a healthy Christian life, what you're praying for, starts with being devoted. And so I have a question for you that you might reflect on for the new year. Do you have a regular time in prayer? Do you have a regular time in prayer? And that's just something for you to consider privately. Again, remember I said there's grace here. There's grace here. God is good. But if you do not have a regular time in prayer, as someone who is also on the journey can I encourage you that I think you're missing out on the riches of God in your life? As a pastor, I often have conversations with people, and I've experienced it in my own life, and the conversation usually goes something like this. I'm just not hearing from God, or I can't feel God right now, or I don't see where God is working. And one of the questions I, I try to gently ask in those scenarios is just, are, are you in prayer? And more often than not, the answer has come back like, I'm I'm not in prayer right now. Again, this consistency piece, right? If you're looking to hear more from God, I would say, do you have regular time to talk with him? Because we understand that God wants to be in a relationship with us, right? And most of us in this room have relationships in our life. Does a relationship work very well if you're not talking that often? Like if the only time, like if I'm just like, hey, uh, babe, I'm thinking we're more of like a once a week conversation marriage. Yeah, let me know how that goes, right? 
In the same way, God wants to be in relationship with us and healthy relationships have consistent conversation. So if you're taking notes today and you think about what you're praying for in the new year, here's the truth for you. Consistent prayer is transformational prayer. Consistent prayer, consistently going to God, consistently talking, consistently listening, that creates transformation in your life. Well, what do I pray for? Just keep going to God in prayer. So for me, I don't have it all figured out. There are days I fall flat on my face, to be honest with you. Here's the two times I try to pray in the day as, as a standard for me. I have a quiet time in the morning. I try to pray at that time. I open my Bible, I get in God's word. And then sometimes it's that 50-50 prayer where I'm not fully awake yet, but I try to just start my day there. And then on my way to work and on my way home from work. Try to just to listen to that, because if I'm listening to the news, I'm going to end up at work negative. I want to I pray and talk to God. Do you have consistent time in your life for that? I'm sure some of you in this room uh, have done this for your children, but an illustration I would give you for this is I know that both my wife's parents and my parents started praying for my wife and I separately at a young age for our future spouses, Okay, And I know that because my mom would tell me that growing up every now and then she'd look at me and there'd be tears in her eyes and she'd say, I'm praying for your future wife. Like, mom, that's weird. But (laughs) in all honesty, as I've been married, I've reflected on how my wife is more than I could have ever thought and how there's a spiritual component to that because it probably wouldn't have been everything I would have picked. Is that it, like, like in the sense of she sharpens me in ways that I selfishly would not want to have been sharpened. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm actually comfortable remaining a sinner in this way. And my wife's like, no, you're not. And I believe that consistent prayer from our families blessed our future marriage. Is it perfect? No. If you haven't done that for your children, does that mean that it's not going to work for them? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I think there's a shaping that happens as we consistently go to God in prayer. It goes on in in verse 2, and it says this. Right after devote yourselves to prayer, it says, be watchful and thankful. So again, this word watchful implying a consistency in our prayer. And then this is interesting how he concludes this first direction on prayer and thankful. Again, I would say, I don't know about you, but for me, it's very easy to go to God and just ask for a bunch of things and go about my day. And when things go really well, it's easy for me to go, Derek, you did amazing today. You are so impressive, Derek. Wow. And when things don't go my way, God, where were you? Hello? This is human nature. And I think it's important to note that it's included here that like in our prayer lives, there's a habit of thanking God and recognizing that the good in our lives comes from God. Am I saying that that means there's never bad things in your life? Certainly not. That'd be ignoring it. But I, I would ask you, when you're thinking about what are you praying for, are you, are you thankful in your prayer? 
Are you reflecting on the good things in your life? Do you go to God and say, God, here's what I see that, that, that I am just so glad that you have placed in my life. Because part of the journey as a Jesus follower is recognizing the great joys and happinesses and blessings that God has put in our life. Because we know this to be true, that the world we live in much more wants us to focus on the negative. Is that fair? Much more on the negative. Everything's wrong. Everything's broken. There's There's a simple command from the Lord here that is a blessing in your life. Will you be thankful in your prayer? And in that, again, remember that consistent prayer is transformational. In that, as we go to God and we say, hey, thank you for my family. Hey, thank you for this challenge. God, I know it's making me better. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What starts to happen is we begin to live more joyfully. We begin to catch God at work. There's a study I was just reading in preparation for our time together. I think it's fascinating. The human brain will recognize a negative stimulus right away and commit it to memory. So, right, this is why the news always leads off with a headline like, this terrible thing happened tonight. And you're like, okay, I better stay up after uh, American Idol to see what that terrible thing is, right? Where in... Uh, excuse me, on the flip side, something positive, something good, it takes the brain a full 12 seconds of focus to commit that to memory. So the reason that negativity sells and cynicism sells is because we as human beings have a natural predisposal in our brains to gravitate towards those things. And so I think that in this space, in this verse, the Bible tremendously lines up with science because God is saying, be thankful. Reflect on what you're thankful for. How different might our lives be if we just spent 15 seconds each day saying, God, thank you for my family. And that was committed into our souls. So here's the next thing you might consider. Prayers of thanks give perspective to our lives. Prayers of thanks give perspective to our lives. When we thank God regularly, we're reminded that even though it's been a crazy couple of years, I'm not trying to hide that, but there are good things. And if you have found that in the last 18 to 24 months, you have become more negative or more anxious, number one, you're not alone. There's grace in that. But perhaps your life would have more joy this coming year and more hope if you were focused on what is thankful, what you have to be thankful for. It was about a year ago this time, uh, my wife and I were praying over kind of what God had next in our lives for us. I was wrapping up my time over in Prescott at the camp that I was at, and Marley and I were praying, and, and we had a couple things on our mind. I knew I wanted to pastor. I thought we wanted to be closer to my parents, and we were, we were praying through that, and just through a crazy God thing, this opportunity opened up for us to be in Las Vegas, able to be closer to my parents, and there's some medical challenges there, and my wife is in the medical field, so able to be closer to them and care for them, a great role to pastor people in Las Vegas. And, 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 and here's, here's what I'm tempted to do is go, wow, that was great, and just keep moving on with the new problems that life presents itself. I'm trying to pause and say, thank you, God. That only a year ago, 
We had no idea what would be happening. And one year later, God has answered so many prayers. I want to be pastoring. God says, check. I want to be close to my parents. God says, check. Like, he has provided. And here's the good news. This is not a Derek exclusive. There are things that you have been praying for that God has provided. Thank him for that. Catch God at work. It goes on. It says, and pray for us too. Paul is, is wanting the church to pray for them as they bring about the, the mission and the message of the gospel. He says, pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Look at that kind of first clause there in verse 3. It says, pray for us too that God may open a door for our message. Remember that question is, what are you praying for? What are you praying for this coming year? I, I would submit that if you're a Jesus follower, this might not be something we often consider, but what Paul is essentially asking us to pray for as followers is for the kingdom of God, for the church, for the mission of the church, for the gospel. And again, it is easy in our day-to-day -day lives to just pray for, like, God, I need this to go well, help the kids to not melt down, help the job to go okay. God says, hey, I want you to be praying for this. We see it in the Lord's Prayer. Remember in, in Matthew, the disciples say, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? And Jesus says, yeah, pray like this. My Father in heaven, so it's all about God, hallowed be thy name. You are holy. You are good. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's how we want you to start it. Then, sure, give us today our daily bread. <laughs> the whole start that God asked for is that we be praying for the kingdom of God to be made known here on earth. This is a tremendous gift to us as Jesus followers. That is, the world is crazy. That we kind of go to battle by praying for the kingdom of God, in which we believe we are citizens. So you might say, okay, well, what, is that, what does that look like practically? I would ask you, how often do you find yourself praying for the, the cause of Christ? Like, do you, do you pray for your, your church? Do you pray for your pastors? Like, like it's, a, it's a weight, and I, I, I'll speak for, for myself, but it's a weight to be a pastor. Like, there's a desire to, to care for and to shepherd, and I can tell you, it's not very often as a pastor that someone comes up and says, hey, fist bump, everything's good. <laughs> there's, a, there's a weight. If you want to pray for the kingdom of God, like, like, start by just praying, Lord, Verde Valley Christian Church, Lord, help us to to be impactful in this community. Lord, pray, we echo the words of Paul, pray for us too that God may open the door for our message here in the Verde Valley. God, I pray for my, my pastors. I pray for their hearts. I pray for their marriage. I pray for their health. God, I pray for missionaries that I know. I pray for people that are doing the gospel in their workplace. Like, imagine if we as a church community were committed to praying for this immediate radius. If you believe that God answers prayers and that God hears the prayers of his people, then we have to conclude that God would move mightily through that. 
So what are you praying for? I would encourage you to pray for God's kingdom. Pray for God's kingdom. I know a lot of us have spent time just looking at the world and thinking how crazy it feels right now. I'll, I'll give you a TMI story. Uh, you guys are like, please don't. I don't need any more TMI from you, man. Um, one of my favorite places to go, this is going to sound prideful to start with, but one of my favorite places to go is the gym. You're like, really, bro? Yeah, no, it's not that impressive. I like to go to the gym. I do my little workout routine, but my favorite reason that I like to go to the gym is afterwards, I like to go and get in the sauna. Like, that's what we really pay the bills, the gym membership for. Because I like to go get in the sauna. I put my headphones in. I got peaceful music going on. I'm just chilling out in the sauna. That's my safe space, okay? And so just the other day, I go and I get in the sauna. And I got my headphones in. But, like, across the sauna, there's this dude staring at me, which never stare at someone in a sauna, okay? I feel like I shouldn't have to say that, but here we go anyway. He's staring at me. I'm like... Hello. What's up? And I do the, you know, pull the headphone out, the universal sign for I wasn't wanting to talk, but here we go anyway. And I pull the headphone out, and he goes, stuff's pretty terrible right now, isn't it? And in my mind, I'm like, excuse me, sir. You have the nerve to come into my gym, into my sauna, with your negative vibes? And, like, we're in a sauna again. And he... he He's like, man, yeah, stuff's terrible. I'm like, sure, man, I guess so. I don't know. I'm just trying to relax a little bit. And I think that was just such an illustration for like really what our day-to-day lives feel like so often at the time. Like we're, we're trying to watch a show that we enjoy and the news flashes in or you're scrolling on social media and you see someone going off about something. Some of us are just getting out of the holidays with some interesting family dinners. <laughs> when we push back, and we say, God, even though this, this craziness in the world exists, I want to see your kingdom come. I pray too for the cause of Christ. That is how we fight, and that is how we battle in this season. It's not by us getting angrier. It's not by us becoming hostile to the culture. It's by us going to God in prayer. And then here's how it, con- how it concludes in verse 5. Paul says this, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I think it's interesting, like, if we're looking at this scripture, right, it's like prayer, 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 pray this way, pray this way, and then all of a sudden there seems to be a shift. So be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, people who might not know Jesus. I think this does connect, though, like the way you and I operate in a world that is hurting and fallen and broken is from a place of prayer. Because I don't know about you, if I just go out into the world and I try to just, just have conversations and pastor and love people, it's not long before I get discouraged. It's not long before I feel a weight on my shoulders and a creeping feeling that things are getting worse and they're not getting better. But I have to believe that our God is good and that he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. 
Here, here, here might be how I'd put this very practically for you as you think about what you're praying for. Pray in a way that pushes you to be more like Jesus. Pray in a way that pushes you to be more like Jesus. It said, let your conversations be always full of grace. On our own, I don't know if we can do that. But the Bible says that Jesus is filled with grace and truth. So as you think about what you're praying for, God, help me to be more loving. Help me to be more gracious. Help me to be more kind. Help me to care for my brother and my sister. Help me to care for those that are marginalized in our culture. As you think about this next year, pray in a way that pushes you to be more like Jesus. If you've kind of got a hangnail in your life, an area you find is completely sapping joy, and every time you accidentally catch it, you're reminded, hey, go to that in prayer. As you think about your work context or the things that are frustrating you in the world right now, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Let your conversations be always filled with grace. There's a woman who attends our church in Las Vegas, and I'm I'm not going to say her name, but she's an elected politician, well-known in Las Vegas. And uh, she's also the CEO of a nonprofit. And so when I met her and got talking with her, I just said, hey, any, any, I, I want to be a great leader. Are there any lessons you would give me as you go out and you do battle every day for what you think is right? And she just said this, in my 30 years in politics, here, here's what I could tell you. And you guys are going to be encouraged by this. I, I pray to God every day that he would give me wisdom to interact with the world. I was like, when are you running for the president of the United States? Uh, <laughs> But she said that. I was like, that's it right there. We can't live in an enclosed shell. 2022, you're not building a dome. And if you are, talk to someone. But we can pray that God would give us wisdom as we interact with our world. And so I just want you to imagine how your year and interactions might be different this coming year if you were thankful and consistent and you prayed for the kingdom of God to come, and you prayed that God would bless your interactions, and you prayed in a way that pushed you to be more like Jesus. And so as someone who is on the journey with you, in this coming year, I would just ask you, what does your prayer life need to look like? Like, what habits do you need to build in? Where do you need to finally decide, I'm going to make it a priority to pray here? And just watch what God will do in your life that way. Paul ends that letter by just pushing us on. We end this time by just pushing us on to be more like Jesus. And Paul says he's in chains for Christ. And so during our time here on earth, let us lead on faithfully, pushing to be more and more like Jesus. It's not about being perfect. It's about the perfect God working through you and I. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for, gosh, thank you for another year, Lord filled with highs and lows. God, we, we pray the way you've asked us to. We pray that your kingdom would come here in the Verde Valley. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room. Help, help them to be more like Jesus. Help them to pray this coming year. God, show them moments they can be thankful for. I pray, God, that you would give them moments that make them chuckle where they realize you have answered prayer. And God, help us to lean into the grace and the freedom and the truth that comes from knowing you. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, church, as always, thank you so much for having me. Be blessed in the new year. We'll see you back January 2nd. And if you need some prayer, over to my right, your left. God bless you guys.